0: been too much time in California. Now I got that Rona. Got to be alone, staring at my phone. Got to be alone. Got to be alone. Hey everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Alona Virus podcast. Uh <laughs> We're at what? Week 3, 4, something like that of doing this quarantine thing. Things are pretty weird. Um Like the vibe is changing a little bit. Let's check in. What's the date? April uh, fourth, fifth, something like that. Uh, I went for a run outside today for the first time, and I did not like it. I saw some people on bicycles, and I went to the other side of the street, but felt weird. It was a windy day, and I was like, ah, I got droplets coming at me. I and there were a lot of people out. It just and I, you know, normally. Around here, I don't see any cars. So just the fact that there were people was bizarre. Yeah, it made me feel kind of uncomfortable. I don't know if I'm going to do it again. But uh, I've kind of gotten to a point where I'm starting to feel creative again. Working on some things besides this podcast. So I'm going to maybe get to a more normal uh, release schedule. Once a week, maybe twice a week, but I've tried to put them out as, as soon as I record them because I feel like things change so quickly uh things like you know news and what's relevant and which tigers have uh been infected with the coronavirus so um yeah, that's the main news all all of the all of the memes in the zeitgeist right now are just combining into one and living inside the British Prime minister, I suppose which is actually I mean he might you know he's in intensive care that's not good so I won't make any jokes about him seems like a nice man uh with a just a bad dumb and dumber haircut and that's okay I hope he I hope he gets through us through this uh, I hope we all do and I know we will but just you know it's weird but uh again to illustrate the fact that this is such a global thing I talked to my friend Jason and his friend uh I wish I had formally gotten his name and and things but he's there uh with him he says a few things i think he's just uh he was there as a a true japan expert jason's lived there for a while but he didn't he didn't grow up there so uh he wanted he wanted someone there i think to feel more comfortable and he he provides some uh, some insight here and there and if you're watching the video you can see him there as well seems like a nice man but what you'll also notice is that the two of them are within six feet of each other and that's because japan has not instituted any sort of lockdown or quarantine or social distancing regulations which is uh it's different than the rest of the world not everywhere but most of the rest of the world especially for you know uh countries like japan you know on that level that economic level um you would think that things would be different and we talk about that why that might be and if it's some severe oversight or maybe they're just they're just nailing it it's hard to say um this was recorded on uh on saturday or friday uh nearly a week ago what's today today is monday so no, not nearly a week ago. It was recorded on Friday, so there's a little bit of lag. Uh, but hey, it's 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 hard to know things like this. The tough stuff is uh, is really getting tougher. But uh, yeah, listen in. As as you know, we're not in the same room. The audio is a little weird because it's Zoom and we're across the globe. I woke up at 6:30 in the morning to have this conversation because there's a 13 hour time difference. My brain's a little wacky. The audio is probably a little wacky, but stick with it. Uh it's it's really important to learn about what's going on and get some insight and some perspective about this thing cuz we're all experiencing it and it's not even close to over. So uh let's see uh I don't even remember what I said. I woke up 6:30 had this delightful conversation, and then went back to bed so uh I'm just as interested as you to see what we we talked about uh okay here's the Ilona virus with Jason and friend from kumamoto, Japan. Cheers uh hi Dozo. well, hopefully this goes well. My brain's a little uh unactivated at the moment, but uh i'm uh i feel like uh all right let's get into it what's what's the general vibe like in Japan about coronavirus like it seems like from what i've read uh it seems to be like an anomaly in like globally and how either it's being handled or how people are kind of uh uh dealing with it mm-hmm.
1: it's it's uh, um, like, I'm not, like, I haven't been in any other country, so I don't know how directly to compare what the sort of feeling on the street is, but here it was, like, about a month ago, like, early March was when the coronavirus first came out, and, like, there was the the princess... The cruise ship. Princess, there, was, there was a cruise ship in Japan. Do you remember that, where, like, the cruise ship was like docked in Japan, but they wouldn't let the people out because coronavirus was on the cruise ship. Yeah, I heard about that. Uh, that was like that was the main news and that sort of freaked everybody out and that was when they canceled school for the next month and people were sort of freaked out but then uh, they didn't really follow through with that and just sort of didn't have any specific guidelines for after that and people were sort of like questioning this is before like america really got hit hard before italy really got hit hard so sort of like why are we you know being this uh you know it's, it's still not that scary yet but you know they cancelled school and uh the, they're quarantining the uh the cruise ship and so that happened and sort of put everybody on edge. And then there was about two or three weeks of almost nothing happened. Like there was a couple cases like here and there and it sort of petered out. And it seemed like um, it wasn't that big of a deal maybe. And maybe it would just go away by its own or like it was another, it was a problem for other countries, but Japan sort of maybe isn't going to be affected by it for some reason was sort of the general feeling, I guess. But then the past week is where it started to get more, become more of an issue in Tokyo, and it spread uh, throughout the country. It's still, I mean, pretty low compared to you know Europe and the U.S. But now we're looking at Europe and the U.S. and seeing how you know, crazy things are going. And now uh, everybody's trying to work to. Not end up like what's happened in Europe and, and uh, the US, but there's still a lot of people that aren't really like it's not happening to them, it's not in their town, they don't know anybody that's infected and stuff, so they're still uh, you know, going out and doing things. And still, it's not really as it's, it's not locked down at all. Tokyo is maybe a little more strict about what they're doing, but here in Kumamoto, like. It's not locked down, but there are a lot of shops that are closing just because, even though it's not locked down, there's you know like maybe eighty percent fewer customers or fifty percent fewer customers, and with that much of a hit, like it's just cheaper to close your shop than to have to pay, you know, staff wages and electricity bills and stuff like that. So it's, I mean, that's the general feeling, I guess and how it's changed over time.
0: So you're, I guess I should say, that you're in uh, in Kumamoto, which is yep. f- yeah, somewhat exactly. removed from like Tokyo and things that people know well.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, uh,
0: Kumamoto is
1: on the southernmost large island of Japan called Kyushu, and it's sort of centrally located there from Tokyo. It's like an hour and a half by plane, so it's like one of the further from a- far, farther than most places from Tokyo, I guess. And so it's a smallish city, around 700,000 people. And... But it was one of, the, one of the earlier places to get a case of coronavirus, and it's still for the low number of the smaller population that it has. I think we right now have 15 confirmed cases in the prefecture, which is, I think, about a million and a half people. Which is still, I guess, low compared to, like, Europe and the U.S., but uh, it's higher than a lot of other prefectures of similar populations. Well,
0: um, one thing I was reading is that uh, there's obviously politics, like, embedded in this in every country, and it seems like, um, from what I have read, the consensus seems to be that Japan may have created a false sense of security, like through lack of testing or just because of the whole like Olympics thing and like t- to try to not, um, you know, scare people away essentially. And, uh, and now that that is changed, there seems to be a little bit of like a uh, walking back of that approach and like more testing and all, all that stuff. And like, do you think that that, do you have any way? I mean, you don't have no way of confirming that, I guess, but do do you think that that might be a real thing?
1: um like I really like to believe that people or the government wouldn't do stuff like that and that you know it would be nice to believe that but there's there's questions and stuff I mean Japan sort of uh, uh, when the, like the earthquake tsunami and the uh, the uh, nuclear power plant, uh, when that whole thing happened, like there's a, a an issue with covering up information, there not releasing information properly, and not being straight with people. And so there was a lot of sort of trust issues there. I think between sort of the government and maybe not even the government, but the the uh, like the power company and the public. And so there was there were trust issues, sort of that. Uh, occurred as a result of that. I'm not super specific. I'm not super knowledgeable about that either, but that's just the general sort of feeling. And then now, like, I mean, it's easy to say that, you know, because they have the Olympics, they want to just, uh, you know, keep everything as quiet as possible, keep everything as key and not make out of anything so that they want to go off without of a hitch and that be able to you know, not take the huge hit that involves, you know, either canceling the Olympics or putting it off for a year. And I, make I understand that because there's a lot of money. There's a lot of, it's not just, you know, one company involved in the Olympics. It's, you know, it's a whole huge swath of businesses and individuals and government organizations throughout the whole country and like throughout the world that are involved in the Olympics. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of money at stake. There's a lot of, just a lot of money at stake and so i can sort of understand that and uh, there's probably a lot of other factors involved and i I guess yeah one of the reasons why testing uh, is i think it's still pretty restricted like the people who can get tests at least the most recent Information I've heard you have to have had a 35 or 37.5 degree Celsius fever, which is like I don't know how much that is in Fahrenheit, maybe a little over a hundred, like a hundred and one, maybe. You have to have had that for four days in a row or having like a, a strong feeling of fatigue and difficulty breathing, again for I think four days in a row, and then you can get tested. I don't know how strict they are about like if you fly and say, as for four days, we actually just had really bad uh, difficulty breathing for a day. Like, if they'll actually just give me the test, I'm not sure. You know, in the hospitals, how strict it is, but by the book, it's that's like the rule. As of I think yesterday or two days ago, it might it might have changed. I'm not uh, super up on on what's happening there, but yeah, it's you know, if you have the test and you have the ability to test, then you should probably. Know, lower the conditions, and make it easier to test people just so you get a better idea of you know, how many actual cases there are. And, uh, you can get a better understanding, better control the situation and sort of cordon off areas that are becoming hotspots. Get ahead of you know, the spread.
0: So. Yeah. Well, it seems like that's a uh, common practice now throughout the, the world is and but given how uh like just we know if we know one thing about the coronavirus it's that it's really really contagious so it just seems like either japan is doing something really right or really wrong (laughs) and it's hard to know at this point what which one of those that is um do you think like japanese culture like would play a role i feel like there there might be some element of like for instance there's a different uh just culturally different um uh i don't know like maybe social distancing is not that foreign of a concept to to japanese like there's not a lot of hand shaking and that kind of thing right like there's a little bit of a cultural aspect that might make it More difficult to transmit the disease. I feel like probably not, but like, do you think that that is a real thing?
1: Uh, When it first started spreading through Italy a lot, like this is after Japan had sort of gotten a couple cases, and then it sort of uh, settled down a little bit, and then Italy started going crazy. Like I heard from a couple people saying, you know, like well, Italians, you know, when they greet each other, they kiss each other on the cheeks, they hug each other a lot and stuff. So like Japan doesn't ever touch other people really. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> which is that true? I mean,
1: like it's I mean, people will like pat each other on the back. Like more of like people on the friendlier side will, you know, pat each other on the back. And my handshakes in business are not uh, not well, I guess between well, as ai I'm I'm a foreigner, so that's people will sometimes like you know give me a handshake when they could, when they wouldn't give Another Japanese person, a handshake, I guess. So I get handshakes fairly frequently when I meet somebody new or like when I'm seeing somebody for the first time in a while. There's, there's some like Japanese people who, you know, go out of the way to, to shake people's hands and stuff, like politicians, and stuff like that. But I mean, it is a lot less touching than even the U.S., like the U.S., it's like hugging is, is a fairly common thing when you see somebody the first time in a while. Or, yeah, France is also kissing on the cheek and, sure. the, yeah. and shaking hands and stuff. So, I mean, that could, I mean, that's probably a factor. I don't know how big of a factor it is, but it could be, I mean, if it's, like, if it's not airborne uh, and like, you need to have some contact or like it doesn't last very long in the air or something, and the most direct way to, to spread it is through direct contact, then I guess, you know, not touching people <laughs> is a good way to sort of you know, prevent or to get a hold on the spread.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um. Um, so I don't know much or really anything about like Japanese government or, or healthcare and that kind of thing. But do you think that if there is to be like a, a huge spike in cases, because the like demographically Japan is fairly old country, right? So potentially vulnerable to, um, to some like poorer outcomes. Um, given the statistics that we have, but do you think that Japan is able to, or, or is it equipped to take like a big, a big epidemic, like a local epidemic? Is that, have they seen anything like that? I mean, what are the general facilities like? Do you have access to healthcare? Like that kind of stuff, like how do how do general people interact with the healthcare system?
1: Um, like here, it's it's a national healthcare system, so like almost everybody has health insurance and stuff. So it's not. Uh, I think that's sort of a big difference from what I'm hearing from people in the U.S. Is like if you don't have health insurance, then you're sort of hesitant to go to the to the doctor. Whereas here, like it's just if you just have a cold, you go to the doctor to get medicine. It's also kind of a little bit different because the medicine available at Pharmacies is a little different. Like, uh, you can't get decent cold medicine here without a prescription. Whereas in the U.S., you can you know you can get by with uh, like non-prescription cold medicine. So it's just easier. It's also really cheap to go to the, the doctor and get cold medicine. I think it's like maybe it's like five or six bucks copay to go see the doctor and then maybe another five or six bucks for medicine at most, I guess. So it's not expensive at all. Like it's, it's a fairly common thing. So if you do feel like if you're feeling weird or feeling out of sorts, then it's not something that you don't worry about going to the doctor. Like it's just a normal thing, I guess. And, uh, but I don't know, I don't have any idea about how many you know like beds per person or how many like, what the actual facilities, how they compare to those like overseas and stuff. I mean, everything seems fairly well-equipped. And during normal times isn't really overrun, I think. And there's, there's, a, there's a couple of really big hospitals in Kumamoto City. So in normal times, it's OK. But I think if, if you know, a good percentage of the population gets infected, I think it's probably going to be a rough time. And I don't know if there's anything, like, administration-wise, I don't know if there's anything the national government's doing to sort of prepare hospitals for what could come. I mean, they might be doing something. I would be surprised if they weren't doing something, but uh, just I'm not a professional or I'm not really you know directly uh, involved in the, the healthcare field, so I'm not sure what's going on there.
0: And okay, and as far as like, um, I was reading that the Prime Minister issued something like this week that they were going to send two masks to every family, which seems like, I don't, I, I thought it was silly, but like, does that is that how people are taking that over there?
1: Uh, we both sort of laughed when you mentioned that. He was, yeah. like, he was also telling me like, you don't talk about the masks, like I'll I'll remind you to talk about the masks because it was sort of, I think it was after I think France or Spain and a couple other countries sort of been like we're giving, you know, all of our citizens however much money. The U.S. also came out and said, you know, we have this big stimulus thing that's going through. We're going to give each person this much money. And then after that, like, yeah, the prime minister, Abe, comes on TV and he's wearing this like tiny, Mask like, <laughs> it's like here, it's the kind of mask that elementary school students wear. Like there's sort of like, <laughs> masks that, like just barely covered your nose and doesn't really seem to do anything. So he's wearing that and saying like, you know, we're going to give two masks, not even per person. It's two masks per address. So like, if it's a family of four, then only two people get a mask. And so it's like a lot of people were like just laughing like are you serious that this is doesn't seem like a it's a big thing for you know the prime minister to come out on tv and like announce this but this isn't you know really going to help at all so there's another thing that came out today that had a little more uh Was a little more meaningful, I guess. Like there, i don't know if it actually passed or if it's still like in the negotiation phase. But they're thinking about having uh, three hundred thousand yen, which is equivalent of about twenty-five hundred dollars, maybe twenty-six hundred dollars, given to uh, certain households. That like they haven't. The news article I read didn't say like what the conditions were, but you have to apply for it in order to receive it. And uh, so that might be a good thing. Like it, one of the conditions for that is that you have to show that your income has decreased as a result of the coronavirus. And so like, I mean, to be honest, like everybody getting $1,000, everybody getting $2,000 is good for some people that don't have enough money, don't have any money, but there's probably a lot of people that $1,000 is not, like rich people, $1,000 is not a big deal. And essentially that money is kind of wasted on them, I think. And so having it, you know, not just a blanket, you know, donation to everybody, having people actually have to you know, apply for it is, I think, a good hurdle. And so that ensures that maybe, you know, maybe, you know, 90 instead of a hundred percent of people who don't need it, get money. Maybe you end up with 70% of people who don't need the money, get that money. So you have, you know, there's a little bit on a countrywide scale, that's, that's a decent amount of money. And so you can use that money elsewhere, hopefully in more effective ways. And so, yeah, but everybody's yeah laughing about the mask thing and sort of
0: criticizing <laughs> the government about it. So, so far the stimulus package in Japan is two children, two child's masks. Child's it. <laughs>
1: uh, like since I own a business, like me and other small business owners are sort of worried about what kind of support the government will have. And so one thing that one kind of big thing that came out is like there's a an interest there's interest free loans that are coming out where the interest is covered by the government. And so you can get loans. Again, it's not free money. It's just you have to pay back the loan like a home loan. It's, it comes through the bank, but that's I mean, it it's handed out a lot easier from what I understand. And like we don't want to use that money, but it's a good thing to, you know have a couple you know, maybe like twenty or thirty grand in the bank account just in case you know things last a bit longer or the, the economy. Tanks a lot harder than every everybody's expecting. So that's one thing. There are also a couple other sort of programs uh, out there to help uh, pay for uh, like your employees. Uh, I can't think of the English like a, like a payroll protection. Cover yeah. payroll, I guess, and uh, so that would be helpful because I mean, if you like, usually employees' payroll is either the biggest expense or one of the biggest expenses that you have to deal with. And that's something that like uh, directly you know affects people. Like it's, it's people's income, it's people's, what they're, how they're living. And so if you, you know suddenly can't pay them anything, that's a pretty big, uh, that has a pretty big effect. So those sorts of payroll support uh, programs, there's one that I was looking at that's it's not a loan, it's an actual like grant, like, a like, grant that covered the, uh, it'll cover, I have to read more specifically into it, but it, like, depending on the size of your company, the percentage that's covered uh, changes. So that would be pretty helpful.
0: Is, uh, is unemployment a thing in Japan?
1: Um, I haven't
0: heard any
1: direct stories of people getting laid off yet. I mean, Japan really only... It's been this sort of... This past week where things have gotten sort of real, <laughs> I guess. Like a... Hot uh, plus things. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. uh, so she says. <laughs> I'll translate for. She, uh, there's a there's like an amusement park kind of in the next prefecture over, and they fired thirty of their like contracted workers, I guess. And so, I guess there are places, especially places that are relying on tourism, are probably most heavily hit but um I mean, the tourism has been off for about a month now and so uh it, she also told me a little bit earlier that there's like a sort of a well-known like airbnb sort of like a bigger airbnb place in fukuoka which is like the the, the main city on kyushu it's a pretty fairly big city and they like completely went out of business at the end of march already and so Probably places like smaller places that really rely on tourism are starting to go out of business or having to fire people and stuff. So it's not I haven't heard numbers, like I heard that the US has like there's like 10 million new unemployment applications. And then before that, the week before that it was like four million or six million or something. And so analysts saying like up to it could be 14 or like 15 percent unemployment this is done, which is that's pretty crazy <laughs> and
0: yeah it's it's it as a wild wild time um, yeah. are there unemployment benefits in Japan
1: yeah there's unemployment uh, security I guess like unemployment insurance and I'm not sure how much that pays though like I don't I think it's, well, uh, it's not as much as in the US, I think. And it's, I don't know. I I really don't know how much that it pays out. Uh, But it's probably not something that you can really live off very long. Hmm. And yeah, the weird thing about, this is that you know if there's a if there's a local national level like disaster or something like what happened with the tsunami in Fukushima and stuff and then also the earthquakes in Kumamoto like it's a local thing and the rest of the world is still doing okay and so you know once the local area gets back on its feet it's uh, it can sort of rely on the rest of the world to come back and you know, you know visit and sightsee and tourists like come and bring money and you know trade can sort of resume back to normal. But now that the entire world <laughs> is in trouble, there's no other place to sort of rely on. And so if the entire world goes into, you know, fifteen percent unemployment, twenty percent unemployment, thirty percent unemployment. Like that could be pretty big, I think.
0: Yeah. I don't really know what to expect. I don't think any of us do. Um, but are, are your lives direct, like other than, you know, you, you have a fewer, fewer clients or, uh, you know, your business is, is down, um, are your lives like daily lives affected yet? Or do you think that they won't be or like, what, uh, how, how are things different for you?
1: Well, like for me, it's like, we have. Like, our company is translation and interpretation company. Like, we have an office for that. And then we also have a bar. And it's sort of two very different things <laughs> that we do at the same time. And uh, It takes a lot of time. And it's kind of <laughs> difficult at times. But uh, the translation and stuff, we're still working on projects that were sort of finishing in the end of March or like in mid-April. And so we have, we're still working on that and we're sort of busy finishing those projects, but we're sort of worried about if anything will come after that, if there's anything new that we'll be able to do in the future. And so that's, that side of the business is just sort of worrying about where our next work is gonna come from, if there's gonna be any work bar itself we already we closed the bar starting i guess a couple nights ago and uh, just because there was no custom like there was not really that many customers at all and the, uh, the mayor of tokyo she came out and said like these are the places you should avoid and it was like bars uh, like sort of lounge places, karaoke and clubs, yeah, like place that also concert houses, I guess, and stuff like that. And so bars bars were listed as one of like the the bad places to go. So (laughs) nobody's going to really, not nobody, but almost nobody is going to really go to bars for this foreseeable future. So we're, in the process of switching from a bar to a hamburger, lunch place, (laughs) so I've been making hamburgers the past um, past couple days, just sort of trying to, you know, get the right sort of way to make them. I'm not a hamburger expert by any means, like I like hamburgers and I've eaten a lot of hamburgers and I think I know what a good hamburger tastes like, I guess, <laughs> that's my only real sort of qualifications. So, but I mean, if we don't do that, um, uh, like there's nothing, like nobody's going to come into the bar. So it's better to just try doing hamburgers. We have like a good network of, of friends and we, as a bar, we, we participate in a lot of markets and stuff. And so we have like a decent, like following on, on social media and stuff like that. And so, uh, um, if we really lean hard on like, social media and telling all our friends and getting their friends to tell their friends about that, then uh, it might turn into something good. I mean, that's sort of what we're hoping happens. Like, we're going to try and involve as many people as we can, get as many people you know, to try hamburgers.
0: And- <laughs> Well, let's give it a, let's give it a plug in case anybody hears this. What, what's the, where can they find it?
1: Uh, they can find our hamburgers. If nothing's really set in stone either, there'll be, a, the name of our bar is Voyager and Kumamoto. And if you follow us on Instagram or Facebook, uh, we'll have more information in the near future. We're waiting on, uh, gas. We don't have gas in our bar, but we need gas to, to, uh, for the, uh, the griddle, and so we're getting a griddle. If we can get gas put into the bar, then we're gonna get a griddle in the bar and uh, make hamburgers that way. And but yeah, we're still waiting on the gas guy to, to call me back and get everything to go ahead. So once that, if, if we get approved for that, then hopefully within the next week, we'll have hamburgers ready for people to eat. And we're gonna be doing Take it's gonna be takeout and we're gonna be setting up a drive-through. Uh, not really sure how well that's gonna work. Like we have a the person who has a shop next to us has a little space in front of their shop where people could pull by in their car, and we're gonna have people just you know hopefully order beforehand and then just come to pick up their food by like in their car. That way you don't have to get out of your car. There's very minimal. Touching, everything will be paid beforehand, so uh, there's no exchange of money. Uh, and you just you know, get your food and go. And so hopefully that will be you know, a good way to sell food, a good, like a convenient way for people to pick up their food, and then a good way to prevent spread of the coronavirus, because that should be sort of the main uh, thing on everybody's mind is what they can do to minimize contact between people.
0: Yeah, I mean it. It is hard because everybody wants any small business to survive and to be supported, but like you got to think of you know the health of the world or the even just the local population and kind of prioritize that. So it's been a really hard thing for you know I'm I'm not a business owner, but like I see people like so many of my friends are and people around me, and it's just hard to like not. Go support everybody at this time, and it's a it's a weird trade off that people are having to make.
1: I mean, if it's a, an earthquake or yeah, some other natural disaster, you can usually go. It's okay to go see people and to go you know eat at their restaurant or to go you know, drink at their bar or whatever. But here, you can't go support people. You you can't. Yeah. Spread the virus and say it's sort of like a. A really weird situation even if people are you know very feeling very charitable and they want to help out there's a lot of businesses that you you can't really help out because they you know, it relies on you know close contact or sitting in close contact with other people while you eat your meal or while you while you drink and so it's sort of strange yeah so, how about you how's your life changed
0: <laughs> I'm getting some big loud noise. Well something happened. Alright, we're good. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: So he says, that she works at, there's an international center in Kumamoto. It's like a place where they have information for like foreigners living in Kumamoto, visitors to Kumamoto. And they also have like a meeting rooms and like conference hall places and uh, places where you can rent and do, you know, all meetings and places and stuff like that. And he said that March was really slow. So he was actually able to take time off is kind of rare and sort of difficult to do normally. And so he took time off and went on a, a short trip um, to like the, the next island over, I guess. Hmm. That was a good thing, I guess.
0: That was a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's, that's good. Get it in while you can, I guess. Um, what, uh, what was this project that I saw you posted about? Like a mapping project that involved uh, the coronavirus.
1: Oh yeah we're, um, yeah, we're just because we're worried about um, what we can do right now. Like we don't like sitting around and not doing anything and waiting for you know translation work to come in is not productive and potentially not. Like a way to make a living for a couple months and so we're thinking about like we starting last year we made a, uh, a trilingual tourist map of kumamoto and this year like it's a yearly thing and so this year we made we updated it and you know, uh, added new restaurants and stuff and change some things and we also made a website for it and when i was about to release the website uh, it Coronavirus thing kind of hit and the website was directed at tourists and visitors to Kumamoto and so like Nobody's going to read the website for a couple months probably and so we just um I decided that There's a lot of information coming out from the Japanese government like the national government prefectural government city government local governments and it's all coming out in Japanese But not much is available in English right now. So we're trying to um, translate what we can, I guess, and put that up on our website. Because well, I guess like the benefit for us, like if we can get traffic coming to our website, the website will maybe go up and in, in search rankings once, our, once everything sort of settles down a bit. That's sort of like the one business, business minded way. I'm sort of convincing myself that this is a good thing to do, but I mean, there are a decent number of people in, Living in Japan and living in Kumamoto that don't speak Japanese and especially don't read Japanese. And so for those people, hopefully it can be a little bit more help. I mean, a lot of the information that we've put up, we haven't put up much information yet, but the information some of the information we have put up, it's like if you're if you have this problem, like contact here. But they only speak Japanese, so can't help you there. Like. <laughs> and so uh, i'm not really sure what like there's what if what if any plan there is to deal with or to help out the non japanese speakers in japan and so uh, yeah we're just hopefully one trying to get some of the information out some of like you know if there's a new case discovered in kumamoto just putting that up on our twitter feed or if there's a new policy coming out that up on our twitter feed or something and letting people know and then also uh, since a lot of places are switching to takeout we also want to try and keep tabs on what places are switching to takeout and have you know new takeout uh, options and also if they deliver or whatever so uh, just acting as sort of like a a central hub for that information it seems like there's a couple places that are already doing that and so it might not be Worthwhile to do that in Japanese. What if we can do that in English? It might be uh, helpful in another way. I don't know. But, yeah, so we're just uh, kind of, you know, since we're a translation company, you know, acting as a bridge between Japanese speakers and non-Japanese speakers is
0: something that you know, we can do. Yeah. And uh, where do where can people find that information?
1: Um, the website is kumamoto.guru so k-u-m-a-m-o-t-o dot g-u-r-u <laughs> kumamoto.guru
0: kumamoto.guru okay yeah
1: that's the website and like it's 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 a half finished website like i haven't completed it and i was just like all right well uh, i just need this website up so i can post on it and so like the posts like we made one post so far and just i've made a twitter account i think yesterday or two days ago, and just have started uh, updating that. And so uh, as more people, like, suggest information that I should put up there or as more developments occur, then I'll definitely be uploading Twitter. Uh, and what's your Twitter? Twitter is Guru Kumamoto. And, yeah, so there's – I've just been – up. like, we have a really good mayor in Kumamoto like it's really – pretty like uh, down to earth guy. Like, I mean, he does some things that people disagree with. Like he wants to move the city hall, I think. And that's something that people sort of pushing back against, but- uh, Like pick up
0: and move a building or change the location of
1: uh, of the building. And this is before coronavirus. Like right now he's just, his hands are completely filled with Corona, like handling the situation but uh, he has a really, like, he's really active on Twitter and fairly open about what he's doing and fairly, like, uh, uh, honest, I guess, about what he's doing. And I think a lot of people sort of respect that. And, like, he's sort of, uh, I don't know, he's not Twitter famous, but he has, like, a a decent number of followers all throughout Japan just because he's really active and, like, a pretty... Uh, like nice guy, he plays drums. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah he's, he's 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 a really nice guy, but he's also had a really difficult he's probably had the worst uh, time as mayor. Like, he had to deal with the, with the Kumamoto earthquakes, which happened in 2016, so four years ago. So, he was mayor during that, and that was like the first. Real earthquakes that Kumamoto ever had, like, ever. <laughs> so he had to deal with that. And then now it's the coronavirus, which is just four years later, like, right after Kumamoto was sort of bouncing back and sort of getting back into the normal swing of things. We so had a with this. So he's, uh, he's had it rough, but he's, I mean, he's, he's doing a good job, I think, for, for what he has. Mm. Everything. People, there are probably people who disagree with me, but he seems like, I mean, most, he's, he's pretty popular. Most people are happy with what he's doing. I think.
0: Well, in my experience, I think most people are a hundred percent in politics. You know, it's, it's pretty much everybody agrees. So I think, I think it's normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so there are a couple of questions that I have been asking all of the, guests that I've had but uh, I don't know if they all apply to yeah. you guys um, you could tell me if they do or sure. and if they don't you can just not answer it or say whatever you want okay. <laughs> um, so the first one is if you were not in quarantine what would you be doing right now and I don't think that you guys are in quarantine
1: yeah we're, yeah, we're not in quarantine If I, like, we, might I switched our company. I mean, it's just a small company. It's four people. But we switched starting two days ago to have everybody working at home. And so, but my office is right behind my apartment building. It's like a, literally, like a 20-second walk, I guess. And so, now that nobody's there, I get to go there because it's, it's just me. So. Uh, I can work in peace in sort of like a more comfortable chair Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah so I mean in that sense we're sort of quarantining and like because uh, like my son is going to daycare still and one of the other girls that works for us she has another son that's going to daycare like we're all sort of connected that way like like if I meet up with my like the co-owner of my business like if I meet up with her she doesn't have young kids anymore and so uh she you know if she quarantines herself or if she stays in the office by herself like she'd be fine but if I bring something to the office then I'd infect everybody else now come through my son from you know his daycare so it's a good idea to sort of distance ourselves and you know, make breaks between infections like where possible just to you know minimize things. That's why we did it. But yeah, as you can tell, like I'm here with that So we're, <laughs> we're in, we're in my bar, which is closed right, right. now. And, you
0: know, yeah. Just the fact that you guys are together right now, I'm just like, I'm in shock. <laughs> 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 so different. Uh, so right now, which is, all right. This is going to take me a second. Is it a Friday night? Yep, Friday night. So normally you'd be working at your bar.
1: Nope, nope. I haven't. I haven't worked in our bar for uh, I guess it's almost a year now. Like, just the translation has been is too busy to really be in the bar. I well, since my name is Jason, on um, every Friday the thirteenth, I work in the bar. <laughs> Okay. I have a couple of people that only come on Friday the 13th and so like I go there for them and usually we do something sort of like I'll bring out a special beer or something and, and, and do that so March had a Friday the 13th so I worked that night and then the next Friday the 13th is I think November so I'm off till November
0: nice I think uh, I think there's a song about that November. yeah, yeah. Um. okay so what what good do you think will come out of this whole situation
1: um, I was talking to my friend from Germany who lives in Kumamoto and like you know just saying you know like be careful and stuff and then like sort of what I It would be really nice if, you know, the whole world got along a little bit better as a result of this, you know, going through a hardship together with people sort of brings people together, I think. Like when Kumamoto got hit with the earthquakes and that sucked, like that was was not cool. But it did sort of build some communities, I think, and sort of brought people together and made sort of the bonds Stronger, I think, uh, in some places. I mean, some places or maybe it wasn't too much of a change, but uh, it would be nice if, if uh, especially the U.S. sort of got itself together and stopped thinking of it as you know two separate parties, and you know everybody sort of. Join together to work for the good of the U.S. and for the good of the world would be would be nice. Uh, and also, yeah, some of the, the more petty uh, uh, disagreements between other countries. If I think the coronavirus was going to be around for a couple months, and it's going to be a couple months where people aren't going to be thinking about you know the smaller things that they were quarreling about before, maybe, and that would be one nice thing that could. Maybe possibly <laughs> come out of
0: this. I don't know if
1: it will happen. But... It does give you some perspective. Yeah. Uh, just oh It's a good thing. Coronavirus is going to be good for the environment because there's a lot fewer people out moving around and like uh, fewer people out and using cars and stuff. And also, the, like the zoo is closed right now, so the animals there are more relaxed. <laughs> they don't have to deal with with visitors and stuff, so it's good for the animals. And stuff like that. So that's yeah, That's a benefit.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. And wh- what do you guys f- fear? What's your biggest fear in the context of this uh, pandemic?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I got kind of freaked out a couple of days ago, like just you know, like looking at the the uh, uh, you know, percentages. Like in Italy, it's like a ten percent death rate almost. Like, well, I mean, it's not ten percent death rate because you are not factoring in of the recoveries and all the the you know the carrier, the hidden, I don't know, the symptom-free positives. I guess. Probably a proper English word, but I.
0: It, yeah, the asymptomatic cases, yeah. Asymptomatic cases. Um, but yeah,
1: there was very recently, there was a. Uh, I live in sort of downtown Kumamoto, and there's, I think, 11 cases in Kumamoto City that were sort of outside of downtown, and not really any place that I visited on a common, visited frequently, or, or really visited, I mean. But then the last most recent case was found that it was the owner of a restaurant uh downtown like maybe a 10-minute walk from like my apartment and that sort of like made it feel very close and uh, you know what if i uh what if i you know got infected with coronavirus that means that maybe it could be even a 10% chance that, you know, I die or I mean, my kid is, he's a year and a half old now. And if he got really sick from it, even if he didn't die, it would be really, you know, really traumatic and really stressful to see him in like in a hospital or on a ventilator or something. So that, that sort of freaked me out for a little bit. <laughs> and, uh,
0: well, it is the, the ecological fallacy though, Jason, if you have 10% of your population, the mortality rate does not, uh, you can't, um, you can't uh, conclude that you have a ten percent chance of dying yourself.
1: Yeah, well, just
0: just to make you feel a little bit safer.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you have to look at more numbers, and there's like all the data isn't in. So, but just at you know two o'clock in the morning when my mind's not working properly, and I'm just like, what if it is ten like, percent? I'm still going to be able there's there's still you know I, I know a lot of people and so even if it's not 10 percent it was just like you know one percent of all the people i know if they die that would really suck yeah so that was I, I mean right now i'm i'm fine i think <laughs> i got over that sort of mini panic attack but uh, yeah. it's definitely scary yeah yeah it's that that was sort of like the directly scary thing, and then the other scary thing is just not knowing how long this is going to last, and not being able to sort of prepare, like, to get sort of a timeline on what we should do business-wise, and like how much. You know, like, what, like, is this going to is it going to be another month? Is it going to be three months? Is it going to be half a year? Could be you know another year. Could be two years. Like. Nobody has any real idea, I guess. So that's also the other sort of looming back of the mind sort of source of stress, I suppose. Mm. Mm. So, I yeah. ken so, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there was actually a big, like a really pretty big turning point happened in sort of Japan's uh, sort of consciousness of the, the virus, like a really famous comedian in Japan named Shimura Ken he was 70, 70, 70 years old. So not super old. Like he was still really active on TV and stuff. And like to put him in maybe similar, like, um, like somebody similar in the U S would maybe be, I was thinking Dick Clark, but I mean, Dick Clark is, he died a couple years ago, but sort of a similar, like sort of Mm -hmm. Bob Hope sort of everybody loves him. Like, Funny comedian uh, who when he was younger was a lot more active and had like, you know, really prime time sort of stuff, but now is sort of like he has a couple of TV shows and is just more of like a respected sort of comedian. So he got coronavirus, I guess a couple of weeks ago and was in pretty serious condition. Then he died maybe a week ago. And on TV, it's just like remembering Shimonoke and TV shows, just like playing old clips of him and like friends of his talking about like, you know, how funny he was and stuff like that. Like he's, I mean even more than Bob Hope or Dick Clark, like it's a lot of, like my wife, when she heard that news, like it's people in their 30s, 40s, like he was somebody that people grew up watching. Like and so that's sort of he was like a really important figure and and like you know when people were you know, elementary school, junior high school, high school and stuff, like a lot of he had a really big influence on pop culture and, and sort of comedy and it like for me he was like a really pretty famous guy and pretty funny and stuff, but for people my age who grew up in Japan, like he was, you know, part of childhood and somebody that really had an effect on people. So that was, yeah, that was a pretty big sort of turning point that I forgot to mention.
0: That made it real. Um, Okay, well, yeah, that pretty much covers everything that I have. Um, Is there anything else that you guys want to add?
1: Um, uh, it's short to know Like, what is is Japan talked about in America? Like, what's if, like uh, what's happening in Japan? Is that
0: making on the news there, or what? For in the coronavirus stuff? Uh, n- not really. The only reason people would, are talking about it is just because the Olympics, because that's relevant to everybody but uh, other than that no i haven't heard anything which is why you know i wanted to talk to you guys because i'm trying to just um kind of remind everybody that this is a global thing that we're experiencing and it's pretty it's unique but within that everybody's experience is unique as well so so to answer your question no not really but but I would like to share, you know, everyone's uh-huh. story. Yeah. Anything else or that's uh, cool? It, I think
1: that's good. I guess. Yeah. Like
0: everybody, you know,
1: hang in there. You know, the longer, like the better you do the, the quarantining and us two in Japan here, the better, the quicker we do, we get everything under control and we, you know, Keep everything safe then hopefully the quicker this will all end we can get back to normal so we're all in this together
0: so i agree all right well thanks thanks guys for talking to me uh yeah thanks for finding the time spent too much time in california now i'm in pennsylvania pennsylvania